0: Terms and conditions apply.
1: This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN the Sports
0: Betting Network.
1: Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN the Sports Betting Network. The NBA playoffs have begun the play-in tournament, at least as we add the two seventh-seed games being played on Tuesday. The Brooklyn Nets defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers 115-108. They are now the seventh-seed in the Eastern Conference and will match up with the Boston Celtics in round one. And in the West, the Timberwolves come from behind to beat the Clippers 109-104. Minnesota will now match up with the Grizzlies in the first round. And on Wednesday, we will have the... 9-10 games. Now, both of these teams are not guaranteed anything. All they're guaranteed is a chance to play the loser of the Tuesday games in the eighth seed game. It's the Hornets against the Hawks in Atlanta as Atlanta is a five-point favorite and the Spurs against the Pelicans in New Orleans with the Pelicans as a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The winners of those games will face uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Los Angeles Clippers, respectively, with those games being played on Friday. As for the winners and how they will now project into the first round of the playoffs, for the Nets against the Celtics, this is very interesting. The Nets opened up, believe it or not, as a minus 145 favorite in this series. It, within minutes, shot the other way to the Celtics being the favorite in this series. Right now, up on DraftKings, the Celtics are minus 135 in the series against the Nets. And in game one, In Boston, on Sunday, the Celtics are a four-point favorite. A couple of things with this series. I do think the absence of Robert Williams is going to have an impact on the Celtics' defense. These two teams are very, very close. But look at what we saw here in the Nets' win against the Cavaliers. Kyrie Irving shot lights out in this game. Kyrie Irving was fantastic. He scored 34 points. He had 12 assists. Kevin Durant scored 25 points. He had 11 assists. And the Nets had a 20-point lead after the first quarter. This lead then was cut to single digits in the fourth quarter. Why is that? Is it because Darius Garland scored 34 points? No. It's because the Nets' defense is not good. And teams are never out of games against the Brooklyn Nets. A 20-point lead disappears. And if the Nets are trailing, you know, defensively, they might not have enough ability to come up with enough stops to get themselves back in the game. Now, we saw it, what was it, last week when they came back from down big against the Knicks, but the Knicks didn't do them any favors. They missed every shot they took. And the Nets offensively certainly have tremendous firepower. Defensively, are they going to are they going to be able to contain Jason Tatum? The last time these two teams played, it was a 126-120 game that the Celtics won. And in that game, it was as close to what we're going to see here with the exception of There's no Robert Williams. But you got Kevin Durant. He had 37 points. Kyrie Irving had 19 points. Um, And for the Celtics, the reason why they won this game, Jason Tatum had 54 points. The Nets had a five-point lead after the first quarter. They had a two-point lead at the half. But then Boston outscored them by eight points in the second half and won that game 126-120. I feel like the Celtics having home court advantage is the difference, which is why I slightly give them the edge. And I'm very concerned about Brooklyn's defense. As much as I am a little bit concerned about the lack of Robert Williams for the Celtics, I feel like I'm more concerned about the Nets defense and their ability to stop Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. So I think this is going to be a six-game series. I think it could very easily be a seven-game series. And I lean Celtics... Because of their home court advantage. As for the Grizzlies now going up against the Timberwolves, I think Minnesota gets. I think uh, I think Memphis gets by them. I thought that Memphis might have a hard time with the Clippers because the Clippers can slow them down, keep it a half court game. Memphis is so good in transition. And now, I just think that playing against Minnesota, I think that it's a bad matchup here for this team in terms of the the, the pacing. I think Minnesota, look at this. Minnesota leads the NBA. In possessions per game, so you have a team in Minnesota leading in possessions per game versus a team who, in the um, Memphis Grizzlies, who has the best transition game in the NBA. The Timberwolves, the highest pace per game played by a team this season. Memphis, third highest pace. And with Memphis's transition ability to take the basketball away and score against you, this game is going to be played fast, plays right into the strength of the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think that it's going to be Memphis. Easily gets by Minnesota here. I'm not saying it's going to be a sweep. But I do agree with the the pricing. With Minnesota being. I mean uh, Memphis being heavily favored in the series. And I do like. Memphis in game one. At home laying the seven. I think that. Minnesota celebrated. Really hard in this game. After this game. Almost like. They won a championship, and it did mean a lot to them because this is a team that has not made the playoffs since 2017, 2018. so and before that was on a drought from 20, from 2003, 2004, all the way. Until 2017-2018. So it's a franchise that had not been in the playoffs forever. Gets into the playoffs. And then has three straight years of missing the playoffs. And now had an opportunity to get in. And fought their way in. Against a very talented Clippers team. So they celebrated. They looked relieved. Now they're going to have to pick themselves back up and get up here for a matchup on Saturday in game one of that series. Memphis, a seven-point favorite. I like Memphis, at the very least, in game one. And then we'll see how the spreads adjust for the remainder of the series and so on and so forth. For the two playing games coming up here on Wednesday, I Don't want to bet against Trey Young and the Hawks in Atlanta. I just hate both defenses. Both the Hawks and the Hornets. I don't like them defensively. I really don't. And I think that no matter which team builds a lead, the opposing team is always going to be in this game. Both these teams can score. I actually wouldn't hate the over. 2.36 236 is high but I I might I, I think I could sell myself on it. You know, I could see this game being played. You know, 120, you know, 121-115 final, something like that. Which would be what? That would actually be 236, right? <laughs> but that's kind of like what I I could see this game coming close to that. And then the Spurs and the Pelicans, I would lean the Pelicans. I think they are the better team than San Antonio. Coming up next, we'll talk with uh, our friend Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast, get his thoughts on the NBA playoffs. We'll see what else Sean is getting into, uh, what's uh, been on his uh, betting board here over the past week or so, and really... Is he agreeing with me when it comes to these first-round series uh, and especially with the play-in-game winners? We'll talk to Sean coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on v the Sports Betting Network. Scott Zadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. Joining us now is our friend Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast. And Sean, I just got done talking about the NBA playoffs, recapping the play-in round. The Brooklyn Nets pick up a win. They don't cover, but they win against the Cavs, and they will now match up with the Boston Celtics in the first round. And I thought this was fascinating that the Nets actually opened up as the favorite in the series, and it was quickly... Hammered to the point where the Celtics are now the favorite in this series. Do you agree with the price move? And should the Celtics be the favorite in this series?
0: Uh, yeah. You know, it's kind of tough because Brooklyn is just not playing any sort of defense when when you look at them. And that's probably an understatement. But do you really want to bet against Kyrie right now? I, I mean, that guy was lights out, especially in the first half. It was funny though. I mean, their their against the spread record was so horrible at at home. I think it was something crazy like nine and thirty-one and one or something. And you're sitting at that. I I don't know if you got down on it, but it was it was a nine and a half point game, and the entire time they they were up by double digits, and you just knew Cleveland was going to backdoor it. So as far as individual games, they're an interesting team, but series wise, I don't know, man. I mean, Boston has been playing pretty good coming down the stretch. They do have. Uh, a a legit home court advantage. And I think that could come into play. Like, I I mean, I'm looking at the series. I, I don't know if those prices have flashed yet, but if you can get the over five and a half games for the series, I think this is going to be a really good series. So uh, I I do think the Celtics should be favored just because of, of home court and getting that extra game, but man, it's tough to fade this Brooklyn team right now.
1: Yeah. Right now the series, uh, six games plus plus one seventy five. Seven games plus one seventy, five games plus three thirty. So I, I I would agree with those spreads that I think it's a six or a seven game series. Uh, what about game one? Celtics laying four points in game one. Any interest there?
0: Yeah, I mean I, I'm thinking the Nets is a dog again. Their offense is really filling it up. Uh, certainly you'll you'll have a motivated Boston team at home to open it up, but. Kevin Durant, Kyrie. I I don't think they're going to be scared of this Celtics team. And again, uh, they, they have a ton of experience and they're, they're getting hot at the right time. I I think this win over the Cavs was a nice little uh, confidence booster for them. A pretty solid on the road. So yeah, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the nets getting points. I think for the rest of the playoffs, if they're going to make the Brooklyn nets, a dog, I I like them. The
1: Timberwolves beat the Clippers and now they will advance to take on the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. Minnesota, a seven point dog in game one of this series. Uh, you're rocking with Memphis here, or does Minnesota have a
0: chance? No, I don't think uh, Minnesota has a chance. It, it did feel like that win over the Clippers and just officially get it in the playoffs was kind of their Super Bowl. If you watch them uh, when they won that game, they were very excited. So I, I love Memphis. I think they're a live dog to win the West. Ah, uh, you can still get some pretty decent prices on that. It, it's interesting. I think if the Clippers would have matched up against the Grizzlies, that to me is a more interesting series, and especially Game One. But um, I, I think the I think the Grizzlies are just going to take care of the T Wolves pretty easily. So this is uh, if you can get the series sweep price for the Grizzlies, I think that's kind of an interesting bet uh, as well. And I certainly like them laying the seven game one. Sixers against the
1: Raptors. Philly minus 180 for the series. Toronto plus 150. I was going to ask if you're going to ride with me (laughs) on Toronto plus 150 to win the series,
0: but I guess not. No way. Rocking the Embiid jersey. Again, am I nervous as a Sixers fan that the Raptors have their number uh, to a a certain degree? Certainly. Am I worried about Thiebel not being able to play in Canada? because he only decided to get one shot of the vaccine that's a whole other uh, kettle of fish but I, I really like the sixers i just the, Joel Embiid was playing his guts out this entire season was healthy uh for the entire season and i think he feels snubbed it's not a you know for not getting the mvp so i think you're going to get a very motivated Joel and, uh, <coughs> Embiid and i i think he's a just a matchup nightmare for the Toronto Raptors Harden, you're worried about his level of effort, but I'm hoping he turns it on here for the uh, playoffs. I just don't think Joel Embiid is going to go out in, in round one. I just don't see it happening. I think the the fun way to bet this, and you could lay the minus 180 and take the Sixers price. If you can find the minus one and a half games mm. uh, spread, I, I like that because I've seen that. I think Wynn had it at like plus 100. So plus, one, plus is- 130 Sixers minus a uh, game and a half. Wow, yeah. So it's up to 130. I I think a lot of people like you, sharp people, are getting on down on the Raptors. I certainly understand the case. Uh, they're a well-rounded team and, and there's some matchups that don't favor them. And Doc Rivers in in a, in playoff games is a little nerve-wracking. All that being said, Joel Embiid is not going out in round 1. Denver against the
1: Warriors. What do you think happens in this series?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm leaning chalk again. I I think the Nuggets have been a great story with Jokic, um, you know certainly uh, stealing the MB, uh the uh, MVP from Embiid there. But this Warriors team, I I don't like laying the minus two fifty for the Warriors again. The series price is a little high for me. I would even just look to play maybe like the total games, uh, game six, or you know the series to go six games, series to go seven games. Play both of those. And expect it to go over that five and a half, and you get a little plus money opportunity there uh, if you're getting down on 200 and plus 180. I do think they get it done. I think it's going to be a a close enough series. Uh, We'll see the health of of Steph Curry. Obviously, that's going to be big. I'm I imagine he's going to be playing all the games, but to what degree? Uh, That being said, you got Draymond back. Clay is coming into form, so. I think ultimately they're a little too much for the nuggets Yeah, and Jordan Poole playing great as well. Yeah.
1: Sean, uh, we are five or so games into the major league baseball season. Uh, Anything stand out to you so far? What have you noticed here early on in the major league baseball season?
0: Well, coming to my Phillies uh, again, they, they clearly are just going to have to rely on offense. If they're going to win games, you saw the uh, three errors. Uh, in in one, uh, in one game, they're looking pretty sloppy, but they ended up getting the uh, win over the Mets a couple days ago. So I I think again, uh, they're, they're kind of interesting as a dark horse candidate. And I have a Suzuki. I gave him out on a serious the other day for NL rookie of the year. He had a Homer uh, and, and he's off to a hot start. So those are the, those are a couple of the plays I'm looking at right now for MLB, but uh yeah, long season. Just just kind of getting my feet wet as far as grinding out 162. Gonna be a fun game
1: uh Max Scherzer against Aaron Nola here on Wednesday. I, I feel like first five unders the way to go between these two guys. And especially when you consider that both of these offenses uh have kind of been lackluster uh recently. I mean, Mets just won two nothing in this
0: game here on Tuesday. Yeah, I know it's it's weird. They started out the bats were hot and then uh, again, Harper hasn't done much. I thought he would have a nice uh, year again. We're, you know, four or five, yeah, yeah, four or five games in, I I still think he figures it out, but you know, first five under uh, you could definitely talk me into that uh, for sure. Uh, And and that's, and it's interesting how first fives have kind of taken over because a lot of these pitchers don't make it past five. You used to, you know, when you're betting baseball, you're betting the starting pitcher. And if these guys aren't going to go more than five innings, you're really uh, risking a lot there, letting it go to the full game.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: USFL football is going to begin this weekend. I know you got an interesting angle on that. What do you want to share with us? No, I'm all over the unders, and I know they they opened up at a crazy a crazy high amount. Uh, the USFL unders. I think Foxbet opened it up. There was like a 57 in there. There was a 55, 56. They, they had to take it off the board. They reopened it. And there was like a 10 point a line movement because guys like myself were just whatever you could get on a USFL under, I love it. They're now kind of priced in like the 42 yep. to 46 point range. They've since adjusted kind of come to their senses. But again, you're going to, ex- you're going to see some really poor quarterback play. And these guys barely had any sort of training camp barely any sort of like preseason games in the same way that you look at, like, I mean, look at the hall of fame game. They hang that number at like 35 and the under is still dominating against the spread. When the XFL came out, when the AAF came out, we were just pounding unders on the sports gambling podcast, especially early. Eventually the books adjusted, but any sort of line that's like 42 and above to me is just crazy because these guys are playing an offense. They barely know. Uh, with like no sort of chemistry and you're playing with a quarterback that, you know, essentially is like maybe a fourth uh, string NFL (laughs) guy. It's just not going to be pretty offense. Again, if there's football and I can bet on it, you're, you damn well bet. I'm going to be watching it. Uh, I just don't think it's going to be very pretty, especially early on.
1: Yep. Saturday, the New Jersey generals take on the Birmingham stallions with a total of 42 and a half. Sean, appreciate the time and the conversation. Good luck with these unders, and good luck with your uh, Philadelphia teams as well. (laughs) Hey, Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, Make sure you hit him up uh, on Twitter. Take a look at what those guys are doing over there at SGP. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll talk about the uh, Major League Baseball board for Wednesday because there are some really intriguing games, and I'm still struggling to find an edge, but I might have finally got one, I think. It's the look ahead here on VSIN. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the
0: sports betting
1: network. Scott Zettenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a full slate of day games on Wednesday in Major League Baseball. The action gets started at 1220 Eastern time with the Nationals and the Braves. Essentially, it's getaway day for uh, a lot of these teams as they will begin new series coming up on Thursday. So Wednesday, we have a lot of early day games. Uh, There are three night games, actually four really. You got 640 Eastern time, the Rays. And the A's from Tampa, 705 Orioles Brewers from Baltimore, as well as Yankees Blue Jays from New York. And at 710, Mariners White Sox from Chicago. But everything else is going to be a day game. Uh, Taking a look at the board here. Atlanta minus 210 against the Nationals. Cubs minus 130 at the Pirates. Cincinnati minus 130 against the Guardians. Philly. Philly. Minus 115 against the Mets. Red Sox minus 125 at the Tigers. Dodgers minus 170 at the Twins. Cardinals minus 150 against the Royals. Astros minus 160 at the Diamondbacks. Giants minus 135 against the Padres. Rays minus 180 against the A's. Brewers minus 175 at the Orioles. Yankees minus 150 against the Blue Jays. And Seattle, minus 115 at the White Sox. The ones that jump out to me that are interesting, first off, Yankees minus 150 against the Blue Jays, that just might be too high of a price against a team as good as Toronto. But it is Garrett Cole on the Hill against Jose Barrios, and Barrios looked terrible in his opening day start against the Texas Rangers. So maybe it's just backing Garrett Cole here against Barrios, Barrios against the Yankees. I don't know, but minus 150 just seems like a high number with both of these teams. I mean, the Yankees were minus 120 here on Tuesday in a start that featured Nestor Cortez against you say Kikuchi. This is obviously both aces going against each other. And so what this line is saying is with both aces on the mound, Yankees at minus 150 over the Toronto Blue Jays. Also, the Mariners, minus 115 in Chicago against the White Sox. The White Sox are the home team. Yet, Robbie Ray on the hill against Dallas Keuchel, the Mariners are the favorite in this game. I would not think the Mariners would be favored over the White Sox. Even though it is Robbie Ray... There's a lot of love here for Ray baked into this line. And it probably is the right side. Uh, but that is one that really was really interesting when I saw it. I would exp- I, I thought it was going to be White Sox is a small favorite at minus 115. Um, but yeah, thinking the Mariners are the favorite in this game. Pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, the Red Sox-Tigers, fun game. Nathan Duvalde goes for Boston. Eduardo Rodriguez gets the start for the Tigers, pitching against his former team. This game could go one of two ways. Eduardo Rodriguez can uh, use the fuel of not being on the Red Sox anymore to kind of stick it to his former team and pitch lights out. That could also have adverse effects if he's too amped up. If he's overthrowing, maybe he loses control early because he's overthrowing, because he's too amped up and pumped up to pitch against his former team. The other way to look at it is also a negative for the Tigers, and that is that these Red Sox hitters are going to have every – single piece of information that you can have on Eduardo Rodriguez because this Red Sox coaching staff has worked with him for several years. So they know strengths, weaknesses, tells, whatever. You better believe that every Red Sox hitter is going to go to the plate knowing, well, this is what he's throwing. And this is what he's trying to do. And if he gets behind in the count, this is where he goes. And if he gets ahead in the count, this is what he likes to do. Certainly the information advantage would go to the Boston Red Sox facing Eduardo Rodriguez. Mets-Phillies. You want to talk about a fun game. Aaron Nola... Max Scherzer. Total in this one is eight and a half. I don't know why it's not lower. Maybe it's because both Scherzer and Nola gave up some runs in their first starts. But the Mets just shut out the Phillies 2-0. The Phillies' offense has actually gone really quiet over the past several games. Uh, They scored nine runs on opening day. which was a great start for them. Then they followed it up with a four-run game. Then they are limited to just one run in their series finale against the A's. They get shut out for seven innings against the Mets in the series opener before the five-run outburst in the eighth inning to win that game 5-4. And then they get shut out in this game, two of the series, losing 2-0. I feel like the under the first five is probably the play here. It was the play here with Tyler McGill and Zach Wheeler. And could it be the play again here with Max Scherzer and Aaron Nola? I wonder if there's maybe a contrarian play on the board where it's like betting the over with both of these pitchers. If the number drops down, but four and a half for the first five with the struggling offenses and these pitchers, just seems too, seems too easy uh, to take a look at. The game that I'm kind of closing in on here, and I'm struggling with this, I'll be honest with you. I think I'm leaning the Dodgers against the Twins. And say what you will about the Dodgers being one of the heaviest favorites on the board at minus 170. I'm actually going to look at the first five innings here. And I might lay a a half a run and go Dodgers' first five innings minus a half a run. The reason being, first off, Clayton Kershaw making his season debut for the Dodgers. And it's Chris Paddock going for the Twins, pitching for the first time for the Twins because he got traded to them late. So in spring training, he pitched three games in the spring for the San Diego Padres. He actually struggled this spring, gave up a ton of runs. Will that now spill over? Will the spring training struggles spill over here to the regular season? It didn't for Andrew Haney of the Dodgers. Andrew Haney was awful in his two first spring training starts. He didn't allow a run here. Or are you think he allowed one run against the Twins? He was great in this game for the Dodgers. Does Chris Paddock's spring training struggles carry over here for the Twins? But for the Dodgers, they say hitting is contagious. And I think that is what is going to happen now for the Dodgers. Dodgers' offense has been very quiet to start the season. Very quiet. They opened the season with a 5-3 win over the Rockies. They followed that up with back-to-back losses, scoring two runs and four runs in two straight games against Colorado. They were shut out for seven innings. Oh, no, they only had one run, excuse me, one run through seven innings against the Twins before exploding for a six-run eighth inning. And they left the bases loaded in the eighth inning. And then in the ninth inning, they loaded the bases again. So, something, you know, in maybe a little bit of a weather delay obviously happened in the eighth inning, but the rain, whatever. But there's a lot of positivity. Like if I'm Dave Roberts, I'm talking to this team about the positives that they can take from the eighth inning on in this game on Tuesday night. Look at the way that they manufactured their runs. It wasn't a home run. No home runs. They worked walks. They got timely hits. They took the extra base. And they had a six-run eighth inning. Then they loaded the bases again in the ninth. Now, short turnaround for a day game here on Wednesday. Keep that positive momentum going. I think the hitting now will carry over. And I think the Dodgers are going to score a boatload of runs here. If you can find a team total that's four and a half, I like it, but I've seen four and a half juiced, which means this team total could actually get to five. But it wouldn't surprise me to see the Dodgers put up a big number against the Twins here on Wednesday. I'm Scott Sadenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on am This is The Look
0: Ahead. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24 7 streaming daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy, for only $19. Our all digital MLB guide at vsin.com is available now. Adam Burke has futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weingarten's MLB futures bets, trends, and more. Sign up today to get full access to VSIN through the NFL draft for only $19 at slash spring. Scott Zadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I might be tempted to chase some plus money on this baseball board here for uh, Wednesday. Like I mentioned, the Dodgers, probably not. That's not a plus money chase. But Red Sox going up against Eduardo Rodriguez. Red Sox minus a run and a half plus 146 could be a little plus money chase. Um, Another plus money chase. Let's see if we can find a good one here. Perhaps. Perhaps. No, there's nothing really good here on the plus money side of things. Mariners minus a run and a half is plus 150. But do I really believe the Mariners? I'm really, that's a bet on Robbie Ray there. Uh, Other plus money ones. I mean, the Blue Jays are plus 130 against the Yankees. It's Jose Barrios against Garrett Cole. Um, Let's see. Other plus money chase could be Cardinals minus a run and a half against Zach Greinke and the Royals. That's an interesting one. Cardinals minus a run and a half is plus 140. That could be a plus money chase. Adam Wainwright looked great on opening day. Does he follow that up with another great start? And Zach Greinke didn't look too bad either. His start against Cleveland, he went five and two-thirds innings, allowed just one run on five hits. He only struck out one batter, though. It was really, you know, Wainwright had the more impressive opening day start. But maybe, hmm, you know, Cardinals are off to a three-and-one start at home. Here's where I really wanted to start to track these things is I want to take a look at the teams that won the first two games of the series. And if there is a potential for a sweep, is the other side the right side? Now, Royals and Cardinals is just a quick two-game set. So there's nothing really there. The Rays against the A's split their first two games. The Braves and the Nationals split their first two games. Cubs and the Pirates, uh, they're playing just the second game of their series. Guardians and Reds are playing the second game, so nothing there. Mets and Phillies have split, so there's no potential there. Red Sox and Tigers have split, so nothing there. Uh, Dodgers and Twins. This is just the second game. Uh, you got. I mentioned the Cardinals and Royals. Just the second game. Astros and Diamondbacks. Just the second game. Uh, Padres and the Giants. They have split the first two games there. Uh, the Brewers and the Orioles have split their first two games. Yankees and Blue Jays have split their first two games, and the Mariners and the White Sox are playing just the second game. So there really is no teams that are going for a three-game sweep. But I'm going to monitor this, especially going throughout the weekend, to see, I mean, when it comes to Sunday, that might be something to take a look at here, the Sunday laziness, as I call it, when it comes to the teams that are playing with the, uh, you know, they've already won the first two games of the series just a short nhl schedule here on wednesday you got rangers at the flyers new york minus 200 total of six canadians at the blue jackets columbus minus 175 total of six and a half and the kings at the avalanche with colorado minus 250 and a total of six the cracking uh, jets game has been postponed because of a winter storm that is going through southern Manitoba. Uh, There's going to be nearly 20 inches of snow and wind gusts up to 40 miles per hour there. So we hope everybody stays safe, and uh, we will monitor that situation. That game is going to be made up on May 1st between the Kraken and the Jets. So, just three games on the schedule. I think the most intriguing one to me is the Kings against the Avalanche. I know it's the second of a back-to-back for the Kings. They just snapped their losing streak by beating the by beating the Blackhawks, but I think there might be an opportunity to back them here against Colorado. The game means more to them. Right now, all the Colorado's playing for is the Presidents Trophy. Is to just finish with the most points in the NHL. LA meanwhile is 3 points up on Vegas for the 3 seed in the Pacific Division. And let's say they fall out of this, okay? So they lose this game and then they 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 stay 3 games up on Vegas and let's say you know Vegas wins the next game and now all of a sudden it's a one game it's a one point difference let's say you know if if LA falls out of the three spot there in the Pacific division the wild card teams right now actually have the same Dallas is 88 points as well and Nashville's 89 so if there's a scenario Where LA falls back of Vegas. Not only is it going to mean that Vegas is going to be the three seed in the Pacific, but it likely also means that LA will not be a wild card. Because obviously, if they're losing a three game gap, a three point gap, they're not gaining any ground on Nashville and Dallas either. So it's they need wins. There's not a lot of games left in their season. They, uh, just like I said, they snapped the three-game losing streak. They picked up an important win against the bad Blackhawks team. Now they will be at Colorado. Then they're home against Columbus at Anaheim. They play Chicago again, Anaheim again, and then Seattle-Vancouver. A lot of winnable games for them down the stretch. A lot of winnable games. In fact, they are actually favored to be in the playoffs. If you look at the odds to make the playoffs up on DraftKings. But looking at this game against Colorado, I, I just think that it's an opportunity to take a, to, to chase a little plus money. One team is motivated. The other team might not be. And I know that's kind of crazy to, to think that, considering that you have a team in Colorado that even though they're only playing for the President's Trophy... They have still gone out here and won games down the stretch because they're that good. They've won six straight games, eight of their last 10. They are tied right now with Florida for the most points in the NHL. As for the two NBA play-in games on Wednesday, I lean towards both home teams in the Hawks and the Pelicans. For the Hawks and the Hornets, I am not necessarily feel comfortable betting on the five-point line here. What I will say, though, is there might be some good in-game betting opportunities. Both of these defenses are bad. And I don't think that either team is going to be out of it when they're trailing. There's going to be an opportunity in this game to bet whichever team is trailing to then come back. Because with both of these defenses being bad, then I absolutely think that let's say the Hawks or the Hornets are down 10 or so in the second quarter. There's going to be a live betting opportunity here where there's definitely going to be a comeback at some point. This is going to be a game of runs between these teams. Hey, coming up this morning on Follow the Money at 8 a.m. Eastern time, Jeff Seeley, golf handicapper will join the program at 8.30 a.m. Jensen Lewis, MLB Network radio host, Bally Sports Great Lakes analyst, will join the program at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Aaron Renning, NBA handicapper, uh, will join uh, the program as well. That's at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. That is coming up on Follow the Money. I wonder, um, Jensen Lewis, uh, Great Lakes, so that's what, like Ohio and, and stuff like that, Probably talk about the Guardians, uh, their offense off to a pretty good start this season. Um, I think, though, Dodgers probably the move for me here. I will finalize the play of the day off to a 5-1 start. We'll put that on my Twitter page, at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network.